Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at BBMGlobalNetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. Welcome to MD for Moms with your host, Dr. Carly Snyder. Traditional psychiatry, integrative medicine, or just someone to talk to, Dr. Carly is here to provide moms with personal solutions so that they may experience whole body, mind, and well being at this most extraordinary time of motherhood. Now, please welcome the host of MD for Moms, Dr. Carly Snyder. Welcome. You are listening to MD for Moms on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Carly Snyder. I'm a reproductive and perinatal psychiatrist, meaning I work with women struggling with emotional symptoms throughout their reproductive years. Plus, I'm a mom to three awesome kids. This show, MD for Moms, is dedicated to helping women enjoy life more, to maximizing health and wellness, and to improving women's relationships with themselves and with others. I'm going to remind you throughout the show that you can call in and ask questions directly on air. The number is 855-856-1380. Take advantage and give us a call. We would love to hear from you. So today, we are going to have a really jam-packed, awesome show, though it is going to be another break from our Mama Doc series, but don't worry, we are going to come back to that next week. So today, my first guest of two is Riza Klein. She is a midwife. She is awesome. Welcome, Riza. Thank you so much for joining us today. Can you tell us about yourself? Thank you. Thank you so much, Carly, first of all, for having me on the show. Yes, I'm a certified nurse midwife, and I've been working with childbirth for almost 25 years. Uh, My birth changed my life. I was a TV news producer, but I was finally good at something. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, my whole life changed, and I became a childbirth educator, birth counselor, and then I went to Columbia, and I became a nurse, and then a certified nurse midwife, and I haven't looked back, and I just love what I do. That's fabulous. Now, can you explain to our listeners how being a midwife, or how seeing a midwife and having a midwife through your pregnancy and at your delivery is different from having an OB at your, during your pregnancy and at your delivery? 
Yeah, it's a really great question. And, you know, midwives, we take care of women that are healthy. They don't have high-risk medical conditions, for example, like diabetes or long kidney disease. So um, midwives take care of healthy women. And we also have a holistic approach to birth, uh, that we see women as life-giving and that birth comes from us. So the language that I speak um, and what midwives speak is somewhat different than obstetricians who speak more of a medical model of pregnancy, labor, and birth. So um, I think that that's a very important difference between the midwifery model of care and medical model of care. Does that mean that if a woman, for example, let's say she is 39, 40 has a history of uh, a prior pregnancy that had some complication or, you know, for whatever reason, she's considered high risk. Does that mean she can't use a midwife? Well, that's a really great question. And a lot of women um, are learning that the answer to that is yes. So the way I like to look at it is that each pregnancy is um, a pregnancy and a baby unto itself. A woman is not the same woman she is, for example. She's pregnant in 2017. If she had a challenge two years ago, for example. So we need to look at each pregnancy um, as a new beginning. And if there are other health issues that are related or paramount to her care, then many midwives can co-manage with an obstetrician or a perinatologist. In terms of the age, I love when women are 39 or 40. Why? Because they're wise and they know a lot and their um, philosophy of life might be a little bit different than, for example, the 29-year-old who's pregnant for the first time. So I don't see that as a risk factor. We have to look at a woman's health, her reproductive history, her um, medical history, and the conditions you mentioned of a, of, a, of a prior birth experience that might have been a challenge. If it was a cesarean or if there was some other issues, then what I do is many midwives do, we sit and we talk. And I don't mean for five minutes, you know, in my practice, an average prenatal visit is close to an hour. So I have to really bond with my women. And if she's had a challenging, traumatic birth experience, then we really talk about it and figure out how we're going to clear whatever fear or trauma happened. And then we're starting again, using that as a foundation so that we can look forward to um, bonding with our baby and having a newer view of birth. I mean, I will say that the patients I have who have used a midwife, you know, everyone says the one of the best parts is that they never feel rushed, that in their OB, you know, when they have used an OB, one complaint is often that in visits, they don't have time to ask questions because, you know, and, and this is not a knock towards OBs, that often they have a lot of appointments in a day and, and there's sometimes this sense of like having to get through the appointment quickly. Whereas with a midwife, there is, you know, you sit down and you have more time, that there is a real connection between the two and everyone says that they feel as if they're very well known by their provider. That um, Yes. They can yes, call, I think they that's can, really key. they're connected. 
And as a result, they feel much more comfortable at the time of delivery um, that whatever comes up, that they know their needs, their wishes are going to be taken into account. Um, Yes, well, that's absolutely true because it's all about getting to know the woman and you can't do it in a five-minute session. So, yes, many women will feel that they're being nurtured, being taken care of. They're receiving information about nutrition, um, tweaking what woman's eating, um, educating them about the limitless capacities really of their bodies. And, yes, being patient and having emotional support. Um, And, you know, also looking at a woman's life. You know, what are the parallels between um, her life, her views of birth, the provider that she might have worked with? And usually women, you know, if they're blessed enough, really, they'll find a provider that speaks the same language that they speak so that they can, in fact, be taken care of and nurtured. Now, do you work with OBs closely often or not? Well, midwives are independent health care providers, and yes, um, what happens is uh, there is um, uh, collaboration and consulting and backup with an OB. So that is a very important relationship that I've established. And, at, um, you know, usually with most midwives, they do have a collaborative physician in the event that a woman um, or her baby um, develops some ch- medical challenges. So, yes, there's always a collaborative consulting OB. And how about with doulas? I know a lot of women are also looking into or have a doula um, or interested in doulas. Do you work with doulas often? Yes, I love meeting doulas, especially new doulas. You know, I worked in New Jersey um, for 12 years, and now I'm in New York City, and I just love meeting new doulas because I really feel that they help the woman, they help the woman's partner, and they help me. So while they're not medically trained, their hearts are as big as the sky, and Mm -hmm. they're there to, to help. And often, you know, I will ask doulas if they could do certain things or put my women in certain positions. So, yes, I feel every pregnant woman should have a harem around her. Yes, I agree with you. Now, where do you, where do most women who work with you deliver? Um, Well, I have hospital privileges at Mount Sinai West. It used to be called St. Luke's Roosevelt in the day. And now it was uh, bought by Mount Sinai. So it's called Mount Sinai West. And I attend women at birth on the 11th floor in the birthing center or just one flight above on the 12th floor on labor and delivery. And what if a woman says, I really want to, I want to have a home birth? Well, you know, I am home birth trained. That's where I started my career in midwifery. And I love home birth. Um, I have to tell you that home birth women are really self-identified. They know right from the time they're little girls, and and they don't have to have grown up on a farm either (laughs) to um, want a home birth. But these are people that really want home birth. And I have, you know, worked in home birth for many years. Now I, uh, what I call, I bring my home birth approach to working with women in the birth center in the hospital. I could serve more women for what my needs are um, in the hospital. But yes, I absolutely um, 
I love home birth. It's not for everybody. And some women have real physical challenges, maybe even emotional, and they truly cannot give birth in a hospital. And they need to be just as applauded and looked on in awe as the woman who can give birth at home. And let me tell you, you can plan to give birth at home. And sometimes things can happen due to the baby or the mom, and you need to be transferred. So I always share with women when I was doing home births, and now also when women, you know, strive to birth in the birth center, don't be attached so much to the place. Be attached to your midwife. And if something happens and we need to take care of your baby, well, we'll transfer uh, from home to hospital, or if we can't birth in birth center, we go up one flight. Again, I think it's about making your relationship with the provider rather than the place. But yes, I think home birth is wonderful. And if you have a, the proper medical uh, history and emotionally grounded and have a backup plan for plan A and B, I think it's wonderful. And of course, with any provider, you always have to make sure that they're properly credentialed, um, getting recommendations. Um, looking them up at their respective um, uh, certifying organizations uh, so that you can make a, um, a sound decision on who you will hire, who you're paying your money to, to attend you in birth. Right. And of course, at the end of the day, all you want is a healthy baby, right? So yes. whether you plan to have the baby at home and then your provider says, you know what? We need to go to a hospital the end of the day rather than mourning the loss of having the baby at home. What's important is that you have a healthy baby. I think people get very hung up on their mm -hmm. loss of their birth plan rather, you yeah. know, even and, and at the, you know, but their baby's okay. And I think it's so important to focus on the positive um, being the baby, because that's really at the what matters. Um, we get so fixated sometimes on yes. the details, but the big picture is this little person. Um, but it, yes. nine months of thinking about the this exact moment, and when it doesn't go exactly as planned, sometimes people get very upset. Um, yes, I agree. However, I think that it's really up to the couple and the provider to discuss it through, that yeah. we do everything that we can uh, to plan on, you know, a vaginal delivery at home or in hospital, that things can happen. And in the end, whatever has happened that might lead a baby to having fetal distress or the mother having high blood pressure or some other issue, then we need to do what's right for the mother and the baby. But I think that um, coming full circle, how do we, you know, women really get the right care? Um, are they picking the right home birth midwife? So we do our best to pick, find the right provider that could teach us about um, doing the best for the baby, irregardless I of agree. the patient. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I agree. Well, we have to take a brief break. You're listening to MD for Moms on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Carly Steiner, and we are talking about midwifery with the source, Riza Klein. And when we return, we are going to talk about more about midwifery. And, you know, what if there's anyone who's not a candidate for using a midwife? Let's stay tuned. Find out. 
Baby boomers face many challenges, and sometimes you have to reinvent yourself in order to stay on top. Sharon Ball, nurse practitioner and Christian life and wellness coach, can help. Sharon has written a book called Reinventing Yourself Today, and it can help you through the pangs of changing the course of your life. Whether you are looking to stay on track with new goals, a sensible program to help you shed unwanted pounds, or a full kick-butt life reinvention, Sharon can work with you. Follow your passions and live each day according to your dreams and free yourself from the expectations of others. Sharon comes from the heart and shares her own personal journey to reinvention with her clients. Other self-help books inspired her, but few gave her the steps to improve her life, so she created a plan that works. Stress no more. Let Sharon Ball open the door. Sign up for a complimentary life reinvention consultation today at tinyurl.com forward slash get started for free for more of what life has in store. Unleash the obstacles that bind you with certified professional coach Joanne Charette, a master practitioner in energy leadership. Joanne can help you break through personal and professional barriers and guide you to a higher level of empowerment and fulfillment. Passionate and dedicated, Joanne engages with her clients on a mutual journey. Her dynamic energy will motivate you to move forward as you partner on a venture to greater results. Isn't it time to make a breakthrough and commit to live the life you deserve? Invest in yourself and let Joanne Charette be the catalyst to the realization of your dreams by making them a reality. Based in Quebec, Canada, Joanne is also a space coach using social media and Skype to work with anyone anywhere around the world. Contact Joanne Charette today at 819-360-3266 or email her at actionrealization at live.ca. 819-360-3266. Now is your time. Welcome back to MD for Moms on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Carly Sider, and today my guest is midwife Riza Klein, and I want to remind you that you can call and ask us anything directly on air. The number is 855-856-1380. So question, Riza, is there, how do you know that your midwife is good? Or, and the flip side being, how are there any signs that your midwife is not really well-trained and you should find someone else? Well, that's a really good question. And, you know, coming from a home birth background and then working uh, with Dr. Andrew Garber, who is a high-risk perinatologist OB, you know, my, my skills are quite unique because I'm uh, midwife trained, but also high-risk uh, trained as well and have managed, co-managed many high-risk women. So, you know, my advice to women would be to look up who these midwives are. I'm really an advocate of not only word of mouth, but calling them up, having a meet and greet um, with, with a midwife, um, learning about where they went to school, how long have they been practicing, um, and listening to the way the midwife speaks. Um, years ago, I had somebody tell me that they wanted to work with me, and they had a laundry list of, well, I want to birth in the squatting position. I don't want an ID. I don't want exams. And I delivered her friend's baby. And I looked at her. I said, I'm so glad you're here, but I must share with you, you need to find another midwife. I'm not going to take care of you because what if your baby's heart rate gets uh, tachycardic, meaning fast? Or what if you've been vomiting and you're dehydrated and the baby's heart rate uh, drops? I need to give you an IV. Um, so that was that piece. And then birth in the squatting position. Well, what if your baby's heart rate doesn't like it? 
you know. So what about birthing on your side? So when people are very much um, have their ideas, I think you have to listen to the way your midwife speaks to you. What kind of language is she speaking to you? Is she teaching you something? Do you know that I wasn't sure if this client was going to work with me after I told her, find another midwife? I'm a safe midwife. You know, I give IVs even when I was doing home birth. Um, no, you can't uh, birth in that position if the baby's heart rate is not good. Do you know that woman called me? I didn't think she was going to work with me because I was so clear about safety. Called me back and she said, we can't wait to work with you. Thank you so much. <laughs> and so good. Because I told the truth. You see, so I think that people have to really listen to what kind of safeguards, what kind of training, what kind of um, awareness. You know, birth is as safe um, as life gets, Harriet Hardigan, a home birth midwife, said many years ago. But I have to tell you, uh, a woman becomes high risk the minute somebody like, you know, um, you know, a physician, for example, tells her, as you mentioned earlier, you're 39 years old, you're high risk. So that woman is by association with this practice, high risk. When she calls me, I tell her, thank goodness. So again, I think people have to get word of mouth, look at their websites, do a meet and greet, um, see where they went to school. Um, you know, do they have any um, um, malpractice suits against them? But, you know, I could tell you that uh, when you connect with someone energetically, like anything in life, um, it feels right. And there are there is malpractice, right? You can look up just like in medicine um, if there is a malpractice suit against someone in, who That's practices. Right. That's correct. Licensed midwives, um, licensed midwives. Um, I'm a nurse midwife, and you know uh, you are um, licensed by the state. Midwifery is governed state by state licensure. So you know it's different in different states. Like I don't know how it works, for example, in New Mexico. Um, I know what it is like here in New York, but midwives are either nurse midwives, they're licensed midwives. You don't have to be a nurse to be a midwife. Um, you can be a CNM, CM, you can be a CPM, which is a certified professional midwife. And those midwives um, have different governing um, agencies. But again, um, you know, it's like anything in life, you know, do your research and, um, you know, there's always somebody else that might uh, have the um, education, the patience, the nurturing that a woman might need, for example, that she in her second or third or fourth pregnancy that she didn't have with her first. And I think midwives also, due to our um, you know, more nurturing, holistic understanding that birth is not an illness, which is different than a medical model, and mm -hmm. thank goodness we have uh, OBs, they're trained surgeons, but for the most part, women have to truly um, understand that um, they deserve excellent care, they'll be given time with a midwife, and they could reframe perhaps a traumatic first birth or a cesarean or something else that happened that left them feeling disempowered. That's what I do in my practice, try to build women back up. I love that. I think that's fabulous. Now. Question, what, do you, what are your thoughts on induction of labor using supplements, uh, acupuncture, et cetera? I mean, we're talking, you know, week 39, 38, a woman who's really uncomfortable, feels like I'm done, you know, stick a fork in me. Are you in favor, <laughs> are you in favor of uh, 
using various um, herbs to kind of move things along? So what I could share is that's a great uh, a great question, and on my website, manhattanmidwife.com, I have some blogs just about this very subject, about um, inducing with acupuncture, funny enough. Um, and what I could say is that every woman is different, and whether you're using a drug like Pitocin in a hospital or you're using acupuncture or you're using herbs or homeopathy or castor oil doesn't matter what you're using you're creating a change and causing labor now a woman needs to be ripe to induce her so you cannot induce somebody if the cervix is not ripe so many women are doing this and not telling their providers because their doctors you know or even midwives at times you know want to induce so you need to see an acupuncturist or use these supplements with the blessing of your midwife or your provider so that you're not creating a situation where you just get a lot of contractions, you're up all night, and then it peters out. So the cervix um, really needs to be ripe, Carly. You just can't induce a woman. Um, the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists tells us that um, 39 weeks is um, appropriate for medical induction. Um, but what I do with women is I just share with them that you're giving time to the pregnancy and when you're ready, if there's no stress or other factors, a woman will usually give birth, I call it a guest date, not a due date, you know, usually a few weeks before and a few weeks after. And, you know, no doctor should be trying to induce a woman just because they're going away on vacation <laughs> or because it's New Year's Eve. That doesn't work. You know, I don't wear a watch, actually, during labor because I don't like women to feel rushed. So if a woman wants to induce, I always ask these women, why are you feeling rushed? And I think that needs to be looked at. And maybe she just picked the wrong provider to start. That needs to be a subject prior to hiring somebody. What is your induction um, issue? If there's really a problem, like you've run out of amniotic fluid, like due to placental insufficiency, due to nutrition or over overdoing it, I mean, there are many reasons why amniotic fluid level could go low, below five centimeters. Well, guess what? That's the right reason to induce. But if the baby's um, doing well, um, you know, an average gestation is like 41 weeks and a few days. So um, who's counting? Unless the baby <laughs> shows evidence of, of distress. So I, I mean, keep the baby in as long as you can. Unless the cervix is ripe. I'm sorry? I said keep the baby in as long as you can. I mean... It's easy for me to say now, but I, you know, having had a, having had two full-term babies and one preemie, I can say mm -hmm. from the other side of it, it's a lot mm -hmm. better when you have a full-term mm -hmm. baby. So, yeah. Absolutely. You know, your baby's more apt, you know, labor is good. It stimulates the lungs and, you know, babies are more apt to not need any kind of resuscitation uh, when uh, they're uh, premature. You know, if they're, if they're full term, they're less apt to need that. So, yes, I do believe in that. And, you know, women do have discomforts of pregnancy. I have a 
a beautiful 27-year-old daughter right now, and, you know, I'm blessed, and she was eight pounds, one ounce, and I gave birth a few days before my due date, and I was gestate, and I tell women, yes, there are discomforts of pregnancy, but maybe you need to be doing some other things, like seeing a chiropractor um, for adjustment, and I have no problem with women seeing acupuncturists if it's for strengthening the immune system. So there are many things that we can do in that last week or 10 days so that we don't feel that, you know, uh, we run out of steam, really. You know, women need good nutrition, lots of protein, good hydration, and then there won't be any issues. And good alignment. I'm big on alignment. (laughs) Seeing a chiropractor who's trained in aligning pregnant women. I always remind my patients also to spend time with their partners and try to just hang out as much as possible in those last few days and weeks because while they don't appreciate it necessarily if it's their first child, those last days with their significant other, is th- those are precious days. Yeah. You're never going to have those days again. Um, Absolutely. So you may be, That's great advice. Yes. You know, you may great be uncomfortable. Advice. You will never again have moments where you are just the two of you. It's just never, ever going to be like that. So make use of that time. Date each other. uh, Date each other. And then one other thing. I always tell my clients, do not give your loving family and well-intentioned friends your real approximate due date, guest date. Give it two weeks later. This way, people don't start calling you a week before saying, well, anything happening? Is the baby coming? Because that also puts an undue stress and unnecessary stress on the woman. So I think that also becomes um, a source of tension and angst um, as we get close to that date. So I tell my mom, tell them two weeks later so that we could avoid and minimize those kind of calls. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Rosa Clayton. How can people find you? What's your website again? My website is www.manhattanmidwife.com. So all my information is on there. <laughs> that is wonderful. And you have, you have a blog on there so people can read more. Yes, I have a blog of articles. I love writing. I actually am in the middle of writing a book. And I also have um, a press page where I've been interviewed on different um, programs and um, newspaper, magazine, so um, people could find me there as well. Oh, fabulous. Well, I recommend everyone go to that blog. Thank you. Well, we have to take a brief break. You're listening to MD for Moms on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Carly Snyder, and when we return, we're going to shift gears and explore a new product that will help your reflux-laden baby eat without pain and latch properly. It's a wonderful bottle, and we're going to learn how you can start your own business. Learn more after the break. Stay tuned. Hello, I'm Steve Fagan, and I'm president and CEO of Fagan Associates, but I'm also a life coach. I'm here to help you reach your dreams, goals, and objectives. As a life coach, it's my job to be your support, to be your teammate, to help you understand what is your dream, what is your life passion, and then together, we work as that team to help you reach your specific goals. Life is worth living the best you can be. Working with a life coach, you're fulfilling those dreams and goals is your passion, and it's your way of living. Let me help you do that today. Let me help you really reach the best that you can be as a person and live the life you should be living. I'm Steve Fagan. 
I'm a life coach, and I'm here for you. Contact Steve Fagan at FaganAssociatesInc.com or call 1-800-239-2701. And I'll be glad to help you move forward to live the life of success. Reach your dreams, your goals, your objectives. We can do it together. Abuse happens every moment of every day. According to national statistics in the United States, every two minutes, someone is sexually assaulted. And every 10 minutes, a report of child abuse is made. Those currently struggling with abuse, or if you know someone who has been the victim of abuse, you are not alone. Whether physical, mental, emotional, or sexual, know there is hope, there is help, there is healing. Author Tammy Hall has written a book from her own account of abuse called Journey of Courage that can guide you through your own personal journey of healing. Stop struggling through life. It's your story. It's your healing. And it can begin with the first turn of the page. Visit www.journeyofcourage.com to begin your path to becoming the person you were ultimately created to be. Healed. Hopeful. Happy. Welcome back to MD for Moms on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Carly Snyder, and today we have two guests. And my second guest is the founder of a revolutionary new product called the Bear Air Free Feeding System. Her name is Prisca Diaz. And I want to remind everyone, you can call in and ask us questions. The number is 855-856-1380. Welcome, Prisca. Thank you for coming on. Can you tell us about the inspiration behind your product? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on the show, and uh, good afternoon. (laughs) Um, So absolutely. Um, The inspiration behind the product was pretty much uh, from a need. Uh, When I became a mom now 10 years ago, uh, I wanted to proceed. I'm always proper feeding, and I didn't really know that I didn't have enough milk. And as a result, my baby was malnourished and dehydrated and crying all the time. And at the one-week uh, doctor's visit, that's sure enough, that's what the doctor said. This baby needs to be fed. Um, and that's when we introduced baby bottles with formula, and that's when all the problems began. Um, the baby got gassy and um, very colicky. He cried for several hours in the middle of the night. Um, he was spitting up, um, and, and shortly after, like maybe two days or three days, he just was not interested in breastfeeding anymore. Um, and that was very concerning. I, I wanted, I figured if I continue to breastfeed, my milk will come in eventually, and then I can do this full time. Um, but the more I fed him with the bottles, the more he just was not interested. And upon doing a, a lot of research online, um, I learned all about nipple confusion and bottle preferences and um, how the air infiltration inside the bottle gives the baby all this air and, and so it turns into gas and all these problems. So um, upon searching, you know, many solutions and see what else other parents are doing, I realized that there was really nothing there. That's the way parents live. There's a, a, a bottle that have an air vent, which the only function of the air vent is into this air inside the bottle. There's the other ones with the bag, and, and you know, the bags are very similar, although you can squeeze the air out of the bag. 
the second you put them down on the table, gravity pulls in the liquid and you get air back into the bottle. The bowls have to be turned upside down to feed the baby. And then it forces you to put the baby in a horizontal position. Um, and if the baby has any kind of acid reflux, that exacerbates the reflux. And, you know, it's, it's all turned into a big problem. So I wanted to um, come up with something uh, that simply didn't happen here. You know, that the basic question popped in my mind, if air inside the bottle is what gives the baby gas, then no air inside a bottle should not give the baby gas. Very, very simple. <laughs> it's simple, right. But but how, But how? while it seems simple, it, no one had done it before, so it couldn't be so simple. So what what did you do? Um, so my, back, my background is in design. Um, I'm a Pratt alumni, and uh, I've done design work for about a decade for other companies. Um, and so I figured I need to design something on my own. And uh, the first thing that came to mind were syringes. Um, you know, when I was a kid, I used to play with these really large syringes, and you clearly see there's no air. I mean, obviously, if air goes into your veins, you die. So the air factor is very important in this system. Um, and so I imagined to have, like, a giant syringe as a baby bottle, but instead of a needle, having a nipple. And um, I created prototype um, at my kitchen table. As I said, I'm a designer, so it's a little easier for me. <laughs> I was cutting, you know, plastic parts and pieces, using crazy glue, rubber bands, I mean, you name it. Um, and I finally created a prototype that I tested with myself, and, and it worked. Um, and I was so excited. I was telling my husband, hey, we have to call the biggest retailer out there and tell them about this product. <laughs> And he was like, okay, it's not a product yet. We can't call anybody. <laughs> um, but um, he, he's, he's a salesperson, so obviously I pushed him to do it. And, in fact, he got me an appointment with uh, Babies R Us, which was very exciting. Um, and so we, we met with a senior buyer, and the first thing she said was, you know, everybody tries to get an appointment with me saying that they have something new and innovative, and it never is. And she pointed at my prototype and said, that is new and innovative. Go make it and come back. So that was like the tipping point for us. We, we realized that it was something really special, and we decided to, you know, start the process. That's amazing. And, but to start the process must have been, I mean, it must have been pretty pricey. How did you, I mean, did you have to raise money? I mean, how did it work? Um. So, so the idea, the concept that I had was, um, you know, exactly like this syringe, except you don't press on the plunger to feed the baby. The baby suction has to move that plunger, um, as, as he said. So that was quite a challenge because the first thing I did was to call um, some, you know, designer firms, engineering, to see if we could do something like this and, you know, how do you move forward from that point on. on. And what we found out was um, a big barrier. You know, people, the designer said, you know, this design is not going to work. You can't do this. You either have something that moves with baby suction or you have something that um, feels water and is, you know, airtight. You can't have both. <laughs> um, and so because of my design background, I just skipped all of that and went directly to the manufacturers. And I figure. Well, if I tell the manufacturer what to do, then they're gonna they're gonna start doing it. Um, and then you know we we hit another rock on the wall on the on the on the way because um, 
the manufacturers here in the States, you know, were working with very large companies and they're looking for volume and they really didn't want to work on the development that was not, you know, their job. It's more of like this little studios of design or engineers that do all that. Um, so I was stuck with, you know, nobody having to help me develop my idea. And then um, then I looked into the rest of the world. And <laughs> and I, um, I found a factory overseas that was willing to help us. Um, some of the feedback that we got while we were talking to engineers was, you really can't test anything as a, in a rapid prototype, kind of like a 3D printer. You really need to do something with the actual materials because how is a baby ever going to test this if you, you know, right. you, you 3D print it? Um, so so the, all those cues were leaving me only one choice, that I had to go directly to a factory and have, like, a small production with real material so we can actually do tests and see if it's going to work. Um, so that lasted about three and a half years. Um, and because I was dealing directly with a factory, um, I financed it all out of my, you know, life savings. Uh, between my husband and I, we had we were we had dreams of buying a house and things, so we put all of that on hold, and we used all of those uh, all of that money for uh, the uh, the development of of their air free. Wow, that must have really. I mean, you have to be really committed. I give you a lot of credit. I mean, you have to both really love something and be committed to put all of your life savings into it. Um, but I guess if you believe in something, you also know that it's going to eventually pay off, which I hope it has. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I it's the most. Uh, I think the critical part of this was that uh, when I was searching for help and talking to all those people that are involved in the industry as designers and engineers. Um, they did not have the knowledge of uh, how hard a, a newborn um, can suck on a bottle or on a mother's breast. You know, they they just do not did not understand having to breastfeed my baby. I mean, if if you had a baby, you know, the <laughs> mom we know yeah. uh, what is the, the suction force that they have. So. So to me, there was no question that this could be done, but I just didn't get the support, you know, from uh, from this group of designers that did not believe that it could work for that reason. So, so yeah, I was committed, and, and I said to myself, I know this is going to work. And, you know, it only took, like, three and a half years to come up with the first prototype, and then another couple of years to get to where we are. <laughs> um, um, and... Yeah. Were you working at the same time separately? Uh, no. Um, so I stopped uh, working full-time in corporate America when I had my second baby on, in 2008. Um, yeah, I'll say like 2009 or so, that's when I stopped working. Um, you know, the idea of having to leave my baby, uh, you know, I, I lived in Queens and I worked in Manhattan, which is not really too far away. Um, but sure enough, there was one emergency one time when my son um, fell down or something and broke his head a little bit. And, and my mom at the time that was taking care of him rushed into the hospital. And I was desperate to get from Manhattan to Queens and like literally took me two hours, <laughs> um, you know, to get to the hospital. And I, I just couldn't deal with that. 
Um, and then my husband and I were talking about moving to the suburbs, and, and I just I didn't I didn't feel that I was going to be comfortable leaving the children, you know, three hours away from where I was. And and if something happened, they would never make it there on time. So. So that was another factor that, um, you know, pushed me to become a stay-at-home stay mom. Uh, and while I was developing um, this idea, so, so yeah, it was a combination of. Uh, but you now, so now, by virtue of having your own product, you basically can work from home, I imagine. And but you know, you're working, but you also can. You have the best of both worlds. Is that a fair statement? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I stay at home as much as I can. Um, we uh, we had an office last year, and I really felt that um, it was more of that, the, the effort of getting to that office every day than just staying home and working here because my kids get home at 3 o'clock from school, and I want to be here for them. So going back and forth to the office to just have a day didn't work for me. So... Now um, I work directly, you know, I work at home. I have an office, a home office, um, you know, and I'm here for them all the time, available. And as they were growing up, too, I was always working at my kitchen table. Um, So, yeah, it is rewarding to to, to be available to them. Now, getting back to your product for a sec, can a baby use it who doesn't have reflux? Like, if a mom, let's say there's a mom whose baby is nursing fine, but she wants to supplement with a bottle, is this an okay product or should should she go to Dr. Brown's or whatever? Um, Absolutely. So um, let me just start off why, uh, how does their work and how is it different from other bottles and then what are the benefits? Well, Um, I will say, you know what? The next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's wait one sec. We have to take a brief break. You're listening to MD for Moms on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Carly Snyder, and when we come back, we're going to learn more about this awesome product. So don't go away. Jenny Friend is a licensed marriage and family therapist and a certified clinical sexologist, commonly known as a sex therapist, with over 30 years of experience in the field of sexuality. She's been a researcher and teacher and is further trained in human development over the lifespan. She's also a published author and a radio personality. Her specialized training in lifespan developments means she can help individuals, couples, and families through difficult developmental phases. Her primary ways of working are through the tools of cognitive, behavioral, and psychoenergetics theories and techniques. Couples, individual men and women, and families are also welcome. She can meet in her office in Costa Mesa, California, or on the internet through Skype at Jenny Friend MFT. Call 714-210-9200. You can also send an email from her website at www.centerforclarity.org. That phone number again is 714-210-9200. Hi, my name is Myra Fox, and I am a survivor. I am the founder of the Castle Lewis I Survived Foundation and the author of a series of books entitled I Survived a Murder Untold, which tells the story of my sister and I who were abandoned and left in the care of a woman who beat us repeatedly. Unfortunately, it resulted in the death of my sister, Castle Lewis, which is revealed in a page-to-page chilling story. After spending time in the foster care system, I've documented my suffering and my loss and ultimately my survival. I'm blessed to work daily in my community and surrounding areas to give back 
by helping others and feeding the homeless. I want to spread awareness of the dangers of abuse. You can purchase my books and contribute to the Castle Lewis I Survive Foundation by visiting www.castlelewis.com or you can call us at 540-999-8401. Thank you. Welcome back to MD for Moms on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Carly Snyder, and today we are talking about a really cool product uh, called the Bear Air Air-Free Feeding System with founder Prisca Diaz. So, Prisca, can you tell us more about this bottle and how it differs from, you know, your standard Dr. Brown's or the Honest Company or what have you? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so as far as baby bottles, there are only three kinds of baby bottles out there. There's the vented kind, which are the ones that um, have an air vent, and they're like the Avent, the Dr. Brown, the Nuke, I mean, you name it. Most of them actually have an air vent. Um, they all work exactly the same way. They bring in air through the vent so that the baby doesn't build up that vacuum inside the bottle. Um, then you have the other bottles that have a bag, a plastic bag, which are like the Playtex drop-ins, and then a lot of other brands have a similar design. Um, and again, it's a, it's a bag um, that you can, they, they advise you to squeeze so you can spell the air out while you feed the baby. Um, and then all of them, you gotta turn them upside down, lie down the baby, and feed the baby with gravity, which um, actually dispenses a free flow of milk. And there's a reason why they have these stages, stages one, two, and three with different um, nipple orifice sizes to get more or less slow. Um, and then the third kind is they're air-free. And what it is, is is a whole different design with a whole different technology. It actually works like a syringe where there's a plunger that we call air plug at the bottom. Once you assemble it, you fill in the, the, um, the bottle with milk, close it off, and you can expel the air by pushing on the air plug pretty much like a syringe. You stand it upside down, just like the doctor does it, and you press the plunger and, and the air, you see the air expel in and the milk goes all the way up to the top. When the baby feeds and creates the suction, that plunger that we call air plug moves automatically towards the nipple. So there's never air inside the bottle. In addition to that, it allows the baby to feed in any position. As you know, any baby who has any kind of gas issues or acid reflux, doctors recommend and have been recommended for many years to sit the baby 100% upright and, and let them feed, um, you know, in that position so that gravity keeps the assets in the belly and not, you know, flowing back and forth. So Bear allows you to do that very comfortably. You hold Bear in upright position, sit the baby upright, and let the baby create the suction to, to feed. For that same reason, the baby can control the flow. If if the baby has some sort of like a, a gas he needs to burp or something, he's instinct instinctually going to stop which and then you can help them burping or whatever and then let them continue to feed. Um, feeding in this way uh, will prevent any overfeeding. The baby will not create, generate suction to feed more than what he needs. So he's going to stop when he's full. Um, we also have a, uh, another little technology that we call flow control technology, which is actually several orifices of different sizes in the nipple where the baby creates a weaker suction, only one of them dispenses, and with a stronger suction, all of them dispense. So we don't sell stages. And the great thing about it is, even if you turn bear upside down, nothing drifts, like there's no flow, much like the breast, like there's no flow unless the baby creates the suction. This is exactly how bear works. 
Um, now, we do make two different nipple shapes, not not flow sizes or anything like that. It's, it's, it, we make a difference in how the baby latches on the nipple rather than, you know, the flow like the other bottles. So we have a perfect latch nipple, which allows the baby to latch on the areola part of the nipple. And when they create the suction, the tip actually extends inside their mouth. So the way they latch has to be exactly like breastfeeding. So for that reason, between the, the white latch and the suction and the flow control, the baby does exactly the same exercises with breastfeeding. So um, these exercises can actually help babies to reinstate breastfeeding, as we have heard from so many moms out there that they're telling us, hey, my baby was never able to breastfeed, and after three months I was feeding with bear, and then my baby latched right on it on the breast. And what it is is you can actually use bear as a tool to help a baby. Instead of the baby having to bite your nipple while he's trying to learn how to latch, you know, you can have them bite the bear people that doesn't hurt at all. <laughs> so, you, you know, and then when I was a, when I was breastfeeding, the lactation consultant will have, you know, the baby kind of like helping to open his mouth so he latches really wide. You kind of do the same exercises with bear. And um, if you get him to latch on the areola part of a nipple on the bear bottle, then he's ready to go into your breast. Um, I, yeah, and I, think I will that say, it's really helping. My, my baby uses um a, the honest company nip bottle still and she they get everywhere because they drip so badly it's like the biggest mess all the time so i wish i wish i knew about your bottles back you know when she's when she was born because not to mention she had terrible i mean she, she would projectile vomit and it was a disaster but i mean in the most even now i mean it is so gross the formula gets everywhere it's horrible so your your bottles sound like a dream i wish i had known about them they sound perfect it 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 is very different and that's the reason why it can offer different benefits um so you know so as i said it's not the same technology as the other bottles but just a different color it's not like that at all it's a whole different technology and where um, and so can people version, buy them? Where are they sold? Uh, so right now they're sold in online at buybybaby.com, walmart.com, babysaras.com, uh, our website, babylab.com. Um, they're also on Amazon and a lot of uh, baby boutiques around the country. Uh, we do have a store locator on our website. So if you're you know, in Arizona, we have one and then a different States, so I would definitely encourage the moms to check out that page first to see if there's a store near them that can sell them so they can take a look at it, you know, before they buy it. Um, yeah, so, so the other the other uh, line, we actually have two lines. One, which is featuring the Perfilage nipple for breasted babies, and the other line is uh, one with a, a nipple design that we call Easy Latch, which is more standard. It's longer in size and you know, the baby doesn't have to latch, like on the breast, the baby can just latch the same way they latch in their regular bottle. It also has a flow control technology, and, and it works with the same system, so they're also interchangeable. And um, so those three benefits that I told you before, which are um, uh, dispenses air-free milk in upright position and lets the baby control the flow and taste, have been actually clinically proven to eliminate acid reflux in the first two weeks which is really, really exciting. That's amazing. And does it, and obviously I should ask, do the benefits continue as long as a baby continues to use the bottles? 
Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, for some babies can be really dramatic. Like if your baby's projectile vomits, you know, those babies can see an immediate result where the baby goes from crying from three hours after feeding to happy and calm and, you know, smiling. Um, and then if the baby has just a little discomfort, you know, the, the improvement is harder to see because the discomfort is not that great. Uh, but absolutely, in the clinical studies that we have also posted online, um, you know, you can see the charts and how much of the improvement is, like, for babies who have high GERD, you know, 52%, and for babies who score below that number, 16 clinical cutoff, the improvement is 49%. Um, but, yeah, it can take a baby, you know, really low on the scale of as a week was. Um, and that, you know, this, this study comes in, a, in an air in a time where the FDA has published studies where the um, prescription drugs do not really help for babies who are under 12 months old. Um, and yet they have a, a, a really long list of side effects. Um, so, you know, you have the parent going from one bottle to another to expensive formulas to OTC medication to eventually prescription drugs um, and without yeah. any, any help at all. Well, and who wants to give them meds if you don't have to? Well, thank you so much, Prisca Diaz. And also thank you, midwife Riza Klein from earlier in the show. And thank you to our guests for listening and our listeners today for joining us. Tune in again next week and every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio or anytime on the BBMGlobalNetwork.com. Next week, we're returning to the Mama Docs On Call series with a pediatrician to explain some common questions we all have but frequently can't get a straight answer to. This has been an episode of MD for Moms on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Carly Snyder. Until next time, be well, enjoy life, and thanks for listening. You've been listening to MD for Moms with your host, Dr. Carly Snyder. Please join us each and every week for answers to the many challenging issues moms face today on the next episode of Dr. Carly's MD for Moms. You've been listening to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.